I'm Dr. Amanda Kellogg, Assistant Professor of English at Radford University, and this is the Radford Writer's Desk, a podcast featuring Radford faculty and graduate students reading from their creative works. This is the first installation in our Visiting Writer series, featuring guest artists who come to Radford University to share their work. Jocelyn Nicole Johnson is an author, teacher, and community member in Charlottesville, Virginia. Her fiction and nonfiction has appeared in publications such as The Guardian and Guernica, and her story Control Negro, from which she will read today, is featured in the 2018 edition of the Best American Short Stories. Special thanks to the Center for Diversity and Inclusion, the Office of Academic Programs, and the Department of English for supporting Jocelyn's visit. Control Negro. By the time you read this, you may have figured it out. Perhaps your mother told you, though she was only privy to my time-worn thesis, never my aim or full intention. Still, maybe the truth of it breached your insides, that I am your father, that you are my son. In these typewritten pages, I mean to make manifest the truth, the whole, but please do not mistake this letter for some manner of veiled confession. I cannot afford to be sorry, not for any of it. I hope you'll come to understand it was all for a grander good. You see, I needed a control Negro, grotesque as that might sound. You should know I was there on the day you were born, a reflection behind the nursery glass. I laid eyes on you while your mother rested, along with her husband, that man you must have accepted, at least for a time, as your father. You seemed to see me too, my blurred silhouette. Your birth, natural, vaginal, took place at the university's teaching hospital. I noted your birth weight, seven pounds, seven ounces, your color, dark and florid, your temperament, outwardly placid like mine. I assisted in the payment for your daycare as well when you were still so small, still in those plush white pampers. The facility set on the edge of campus so graduate students like your mother could enroll their young students while they worked or studied, and faculty like me could take guided tours and observe through mirrored one-way glass. I took mental notes on the room of children, a rainbow of faces, but my eyes hung on you, your mahogany skin and dark, keen eyes, your fat, curled fingers grasping at blocks, trying to build something sturdy and true. I grew skilled at enduring the feeling you inspired, a seeping pride that filled my chest, then spilled into a painful ache. Everyone has an origin story, and this is yours. You began as a thought fully formed and sprung from my head. No, you were more like a determined line of questions, marching all together toward a momentous thrashing. It was 1985, years before you were born, and I'd just come to work here on this campus. Mother died at the start of fall semester, her body inundated with cancer, undiagnosed until she had passed. Still numb, I traveled south to bury her, missing the initiation of my own first classes, returning just as promptly as I could. 
I was only away for a week and a day. Still, a cold snap had scattered leaves onto the great lawn. My first afternoon back, I walked over to my office and was straightening the objects of my desk. My shirt sleeves rolled up, my back to the door. A man walked in, and he startled when I turned to face him, so I startled too. He was, I learned a few minutes later, a senior colleague from my own department, history. He'd been away on sabbatical and had come to my office to welcome me. Sorry, he said. I'm looking for Professor Adams. Do you know where I can find him, buddy? I realized what was happening a moment before he did and forced myself to laugh, to try to put him at ease, though I fear my laughter came out a strangled sound. You see, he'd mistaken me for one of the evening janitors. But then, the next week, I stood before all of my bright young students. For the first time in a long time, I felt, if not settled, then at least situated. Soon afterward, in a morning seminar, I remember feeling hopeful as I collected an early set of in-class writings, our topic, 19th century thinkers. I discovered a hand-drawn cartoon among the shuffle, no name in the corner, passed in on purpose or by accident, it was hard to tell which. It was nothing, really, just a single frame of itchy graphite titled Irony. Within its borders, a history professor leaned over a lectern, looking quite like me, same jacket and bow tie, except with something primitive about his face. A thought bubble hovered over the room of students. Darwin taught to men by an ape. It's nothing, I told myself again, walking back to my apartment that evening, though in truth I felt tired. What does it matter, I remember thinking. What does it matter how much I achieve or how clearly I speak or how carefully I conduct myself? if the brutal misjudgments remain regardless? What if, even here, they cannot bring themselves to see me and instead see something oblique reflected where I thought I stood? Mother always told me, work hard, Cornelius. Work twice as hard and you can have something. But there I was, a grown man, wondering what it was I could have and what would be forever withheld. What I needed, it occurred to me then, was to watch another man's life unfold, a black boy like me, but better than me, an African-American who was otherwise equivalent to those broods of average American Caucasian males who scudded through my classrooms, ACMs I came to call them, and I wondered how they would measure up with this flawless young man as a watermark. No, it wasn't them exactly. I wanted to test my own beloved country. Given the right conditions, could America extend her promise of life and liberty to me too, to someone like me? What I needed was a control, a control Negro, and given what I teach, it wasn't lost on me, the agitation of those two words linked together that archaic descriptor clanking off the end like a rusted shackle, those words struck in me and from them you grew. 
Thank you for listening to the Radford Writer's Desk. For more information about our programs, our faculty, and our many opportunities for students interested in creative writing and graduate scholarship, please visit our website, www.radford.edu backslash English.